0: Cairo, Seattle. It's time to get schooled with a professor, Sean Clayton. And welcome to Schooled with a Professor. We're on this three-week tour right now. Last week we started with Arizona, talking about the Arizona Cardinals. Now we're kind of previewing the other teams in the division. And uh, this week it's going to be the San Francisco 49ers. And joining us is Nick Wagner from ESPN.com. But before we get into the preview... And I know that uh, you know, you're still catching up, like we all are, on the information. How stunned were you when you found out that Richard Sherman was arrested? Uh, apparently, uh, was threatening suicide. All those different things. And you know, he has a court appearance on Thursday. But right now, things look really bad for Richard.
1: Yeah, I mean, the, the first the first thing was I, I'm, I hope everyone's okay, and that's kind of still kind of my mindset. I'm glad that it seems like nobody was hurt. Uh, he, he didn't hurt himself, obviously. He didn't hurt anyone else, thankfully. Um, clearly, some some bad decisions were made, but you, it just as another reminder, you never know what's going on in someone's life, and, and I'm sure for Richard Sherman, who has been at the top of his profession for a very long period of time, uh, a very competitive guy who is, is wired in a way that he's going to want to do things on his terms and including retire and uh, all those types of things, you know, he doesn't have much of a market. And, and, you know, last year obviously didn't go the way he wanted to coming off of uh, a return to kind of pro bowl form the year before that. So um, I, I'm sure there's a lot, you just never know what's going on. And, uh, and I'm at the end of the day, I'm just thankful that, Nobody's hurting, and hopefully, uh, you know, Richard will uh, get the help he needs and, and figure out what's going on with himself.
0: Yeah, and of course, I mean to catch everybody up on the details if they, if you haven't been following, <laughs> uh, at about eleven thirty nine on uh, Tuesday night, his wife called nine one one because uh, Richard apparently had taken two bottles of alcohol, drank that, was you know making a big noise, threatening suicide, and I guess over the last most recent period of time. Former teammates have come over to his house to try to calm him down, and then of course, that uh, he left and then started to drive to Redmond. He ends up, uh, you know, going into a construction zone and crashing his car. Leaves the car, which is a hit-and-run type of incident, and then starts to head to uh, his. In law's place over in Redmond and tried to break into the door. Now, fortunately, uh, I mean, he did damage to the door, but he wasn't able to get into the house before the police got there. And then they end up, uh, you know. Uh, a lot of damage to the door, but nobody got injured. I mean, one of the police officers got scraped up, and Richard, you know, got some injuries too that he had to be treated in a hospital. But it was uh, one where he didn't get hurt too bad. But right now, I mean, you can see that he's in a bad state. And I don't know has has there been any speculation about this uh, before this?
1: Uh, you know, I'd, I'd, nothing that I'd heard. Yeah. Uh, obviously, this is the time of year where, where we're on, on kind of vacation. and I, I don't want to speculate yeah. on, on anything that I don't that 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 know what, what's going on. I just know that he had been kind of waiting in terms of trying to see an opportunity to play this year. He had, he, he has intended to play this year. Um, and he's kind of been adamant that he wanted to make sure it was the right situation and with a team that could potentially win um, and all those things. And I, I know that nothing had, had quite materialized yet, obviously. he still... Hadn't been signed, so uh, I don't, I, I don't really know, and, and I don't really want to speculate. So, yeah, uh, yeah I'll, just, I'll just kind of leave it at that.
0: I know that uh, the one thing that, because uh, you know, knowing Richard as well as I do, in fact, I mean, uh, just to let you know, it's like when I won the. Uh uh keith jackson award here for broadcasting in the state of washington uh what ended up happening is that i asked richard to be my presenter and he was willing enough to do that and did a great job in doing it but i mean here you have a guy that uh you know a hall of fame type of career uh as smart as anybody you could ever see in this league to a point where i wouldn't have been surprised if he would end up being the president of the pro foot of the uh uh, NFL Players Association NFLPA. I mean certainly in a position where he can go into broadcasting, but obviously he wanted to play football but one of the things I looked at is that you know I went through all the signings pretty much since May 2nd when unrestricted free agency ended and it was only like about six players that got more than three million dollars and my big thing with Richard knowing how he is, would he be willing to play in the three million dollar range or less? And my thought would be probably no.
1: Yeah, I mean, and that's the, that, you know, since he represents himself, it's kind of hard to know exactly what he's looking for. And, and I would think that maybe he would take something like a, a $3 million in that range uh, as a base, but obviously with incentives and things that could escalate it, which is essentially what he did, although at a higher level when he signed with the 49ers, you know, at that time. He took a, he took a very incentive heavy deal and he, he reached a lot of those incentives, especially for his play in 2019. So yeah, I'm sure there's a lot of things that are, that are going through his mind in terms of where his career stands and has throughout this offseason uh, of, of what he wants to do. I I, I don't think that he was going to have any sort of. Uh, issues landing another job that had he decided to walk away and ultimately if that's what he, he wants to do uh, so long as you know he can he can take care of himself first I think those opportunities would still be there uh, but but that's you know it's a lot to consider it's a lot for him to think about when he's been dedicated and he loves I mean you know as well as I do John if you're around Richard Sherman that guy loves football and he loves competing and he's wired in that way and so uh taking that away walking away from that is not going to be as easy uh for for him as it would be for maybe some others
0: yeah no doubt let's switch gears and talk about the 49ers you know they I think they've had a very good off season how good is this football team being able to bounce back
1: yeah I mean it's 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 funny John because when when you talk about the 49ers the thing you there's two things you have to talk about right it's first is quarterbacks and second is injuries or maybe the other way around uh if you know in the injury thing last year was so crippling. And, and I think we talked about it last time I was on the podcast that, uh, you know, the amount of top end players that they had on injured reserve throughout the year was, was unmatched. And I think, foot you know, uh, football outsiders does a study on, on games lost and things like that. And the 49ers had the, the high the second highest, I think over the last 20 years, something like that. Um, and, and so you say, okay, well, there's a lot of that is bad luck, right? Their injury luck is bound to turn. It's gotta be better. well, I'm not necessarily going to sit here and say that because, you know, they've had, even in their Super Bowl year, they had a lot of injury issues. Now they were fortunate that some of those were just kind of more short-term things where they weren't putting guys on IR and, and things like that. But I, I, I do really wonder if there's something that they're, they're doing wrong, if there's something they could do better or, or whatever it is with their training methods and all those types of things. So if they're healthy, if, if they do have better luck, if things turn in their favor in that regard, I definitely think they have a chance to compete for the division. I think they have a lot of the pieces back in place. Even last year when they went 6-10, and ten, there was four or five games that they very easily could have won. Uh, of course, you know you can always look at it the other way. There were some games they could have lost, too, that were close. But, uh, you know, if some of those things go their way and they have some difference makers like Nick Bosa back, uh, guys like that, uh, you know, George Kittle plays a full season. Devo Samuel plays a full season. You know, that they may be asking a lot because th- those guys play a style that kind of lends itself to getting banged up more than others. But uh, they have the pieces in place. It's just a, a big question mark for me on, on how it's all going to play out and how healthy – they're going to be able to get and how healthy they're going to be able to stay
0: yeah now the, the thing that i wonder about is it uh, is it something in Kyle shanahan's practice that may cause some issues right now because obviously they had the one day on a monday where one guy blew out an acl and another guy blew out an achilles tendon i mean jeff wilson the running back i mean he suffered a meniscus and ended up uh he was probably going to miss half the season i mean is there something and then, of course one, one of the things that the league did is that uh, you know they took a, they, they they find him and the team and took away some OTA time next year uh, for some banging in practice.
1: Yeah, and, and I mean I just it's it's hard to say you know you don't know and I I do think a lot of injury stuff uh when it comes to the NFL is is bad luck you know there but but I also think in some sense you make your own luck and there are there are ways to mitigate it you see some teams I, I know. Uh, you know, the Rams, for example, when I covered the Rams, there were years where they were, you know, they would get devastated by injury after injury. And then over the last few years, uh, you know, under Reggie Scott and, and, and that staff, they've had much better injury, injury luck. And so, uh, you know, there, there has to be something, uh, that they can, that they can address. And I know they've tried. I know that this offseason, they put a, a little bit more of a, uh, emphasis on durability when it comes to their draft class. Uh, even with some of the free agents they signed, uh, you know at least uh, you know Samson Acom guys like that who don't haven't really missed time, but you know so I think they're at least trying to, to to write that and and get that better. But yeah, it's it's really hard to say what exactly has been the root cause of the issue. that the answer probably is that there's not just one, there's multiple, but um, if they can at least you know fix a couple of those things, you would think they would be in a better spot. And as we saw in two thousand and nineteen when they're healthy, uh, they are a team to be reckoned with, and you know they've lost some pieces since that year. Of course, they are so they don't have DeForest the Buckner, they don't have Manuel Sanders, some of those guys that aren't around anymore. But a lot of their other key pieces are still here, and some of those guys have even gotten better since then.
0: And you're right about the bad luck. I mean, for example, the ACL and the uh, Achilles tendon injuries. I mean, those those are a lot of times non-contact, so it's not any, it's just bad luck more than anything else, and just bad timing if you want to say it. All right, obviously the big story in the 49ers is what happened at the quarterback position, you know, yeah. kind of kept everybody uh, guessing. I think you had a real good read on it that they very well went with going to go with Trey Lance as opposed to Mac Jones. But uh, they kept everybody guessing. But, you know, Trey Lance was their guy. How does he look so far? And is there going to be a quarterback competition?
1: Yeah, so let's start with how he looks so far. It's hard for me to really say much. I saw him at one rookie minicamp practice where they didn't even have a defensive line, and then I saw him in two OTAs. Uh, and he looked pretty good. You know, he didn't look in over his head. Uh, he looked comfortable. He was getting the ball to the right place, getting the ball out pretty quick. I thought he actually got better. Uh, from practice one to practice two for whatever that's worth, you know, a sizable uh, little, you know, minor, minor margin of improvement that you can tell in that short of a, a period of time, but The reviews were pretty good. I think Kyle Shanahan was pleased with his ability to grasp things. and I I think that was one of the reasons the 49ers really liked Trey Lance was that he is a very smart guy who retains information very well, is always kind of seeking out what he can do next, how he can move on to the next thing and continue to get better. And So I think they were pleased with what they were able to see from him in kind of the short period of time that they had him. Uh, Is that going to manifest into a quarterback competition? I don't know that I don't I don't I don't really think that at least as camp begins it's going to be any sort of an open competition I think what you're probably going to see is kind of what they did in OTAs at least at the beginning of camp which was Jimmy Garoppolo worked with the ones Trey Lance worked with the twos but they got about the same amount of reps it was just with different units and so I think that's probably what you're going to see at least right away now Kyle Shanahan has said repeatedly that if it turns into a competition he's open to that in other words if Trey Lance proves himself capable and worthy of putting himself into a battle with Jimmy Garoppolo for the starting job, that's something that they will address and they will be okay, you know, conducting and letting that happen as training camp goes. But I think what you're going to see is a very kind of organic situation with this whole thing. And that's not just in terms of competition, but in terms of the relationship that, that, that Jimmy and Trey have, uh, and just kind of let things happen as they go because I think the 49ers feel good enough that Jimmy Garoppolo can be the starter and that they can win with Jimmy Garoppolo. Obviously, Trey Lance is the guy who's going to take over at some point. It's just kind of a question of when and not if. And so I think, you know, you keep hearing a lot of the the comparisons to what the Kansas City Chiefs did in 2017, where Alex Smith started, Patrick Mahomes uh, was the backup. He played in the final game of the season, but they already kind of had their playoff position wrapped up and things like that. I think the 49ers would be okay doing that. I also would put a, a word of caution on that of, you just very, very rarely see a quarterback drafted as high as Trey Lance not play at all as a rookie. In fact, Carson Palmer is the only quarterback of the modern era taken in the top three who didn't play as a rookie. So, uh, you know, and maybe that's because Jimmy Garoppolo is injured, which has been a big part, a big part of the problem anyway. Uh, or maybe it's because Trey Lance proved that he's ready or maybe it's because Jimmy Garoppolo struggles. So there's all those things that could play out. I think the 49ers are okay with just kind of letting it happen, uh, without trying to force, uh, force something to happen.
0: Unlike the Green Bay Packers with Aaron Rodgers and not telling him they were going to uh, try to get uh, Jordan Love, uh, the 49ers were pretty open, both Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch, with Jimmy Garoppolo saying that they're going to take a quarterback, and I guess that's kind of calmed things down. I'm sure Jimmy was a little shaken at first, but it's like, from what everybody's been saying, I and mean, J- Jimmy's been great with Trey, Trey's been great with uh, Jimmy, and uh, that situation is actually in a pretty good state.
1: Yeah, and, and you know, it's, it's, it's really interesting. I, I was, uh, I should spend some time at, at Lake Tahoe at the American uh, Century. Uh, classic golf tournament, which is, for people that don't know, it's a it's a golf tournament for former athletes and celebrities. They get about 90 of them down there every every July. It's a great event, and uh, there's a lot of NFL current and former NFL players there, which is why I went. I wanted to catch up with some people, and I was talking to a, some, a few people. I talked to Alex Smith for a while, I talked to Joe Theismann, I talked to De, uh, uh, Derek Carr, you know, a lot of quarterbacks who had kind of gone through, you know, Doug Flutie, different situations throughout their career, and a lot of them said, I said, you know, especially a guy like Flutie or a guy like Theisman, where they were the veterans and they kind of had situations where they were youngsters trying to take their jobs or, or were set to take their jobs. And uh, Alex Smith, same way. They all said the same thing. And they all said, you know, it, people will look at it as, oh, I don't need to help that guy out. And usually what happens is, is, You aren't necessarily volunteering information as you go through camp, but if if the rookie asks questions, you are open to answering those questions. And from that, you kind of organically develop a relationship. And then once the season starts and, and cuts have been made and you're on the team, the goal turns to winning at that point. You know, how can we prepare ourselves every week for our opponent as opposed to some sort of, you know, competition that's either real or made up. And so I think that's really more what you're seeing with the 49ers already. And Jimmy Garoppolo has been very honest about that. Like, Hey, I don't know Trey that well. He's made a good impression. He seems like a nice guy. I'm, I'm happy to help if he has questions, but Jimmy also has to get himself prepared and he's coming off of another injury. He has to get himself ready to play. And so, I think that's really uh, kind of what the dynamic is. And, and that doesn't mean that, that there's not going to be a competition. If there is, then, then that will happen. But, uh, you know, I also am not going to sit here and say, oh, they're Vasta friends and, and, you know, this is, you know, I have a... And I'm not saying they're not either. I'm just saying that they, it just takes some time. And I don't think anybody's going to try to force anything when it comes to this situation.
0: Yeah. Let's kind of go on a, a position run right now. Are they good enough at the wide receiver position?
1: My answer is no, John, and, and honestly, I, I, I was a proponent of them trading for Julio Jones. I understand why they didn't do it, um, and I think it would have been hard for them to do it because they're in the NFC, and what I was told, the Falcons wanted to, to ship him to the AFC. So even if the Niners had been able to match you know, what Tennessee offered, uh, I'm not sure he would have landed in San Francisco. But uh, I, the the big thing for me is is that if you look at the, the top two guys that they have, uh, you look at them and you say, that's a really... Exciting young combination that's Brandon Ayuk and Debo Samuel, right? But Debo Samuel has not been able to stay healthy. He wasn't able to last year. Uh, Brandon Ayuk was a rookie. Uh, he had some injury issues early on in the season, and then there were some COVID COVID issues and uh, close contact things that cost him a little bit of time, also. And so after that, though, it really the bottom kind of drops out. You, you know, you don't really know what you have. You know, they're, they're, they've been excited about Jalen Hurd, who was a third round pick a few years ago. For a couple of years now, but he hasn't been able to play a game because he hasn't been able to stay healthy. Uh, you know, Mohamed Sanu is a veteran who looked pretty good in the spring. Maybe he has kind of found the, the juvenation machine and, and got back to where he was. But again, you don't know. And so um, I, I think you're, you're really risky. You're, you're, you're being a little bit risky by going into the season just counting on, hey, you know, Debo and, and, and Brandon Ayuk are our guys. Uh, but if, if they, if one of those guys get hurt, gets hurt, they're in trouble. And, and I think Debo, especially, you know, his style of play, it, it's the thing that makes him great, right? He's, he's very tough to bring down. He's very physical. Um, but it's also kind of lends itself to getting banged up. And so, what kind of shape does he come in? And, and I think he's uh, he's made it very clear that he's he's trying to come back and he's got something to prove and, and all those kinds of things. But uh, he's a he's a very good player, but he's got to be on the field to, for for that to come to fruition. So I, I I thought that that was an area that they would have addressed. Julio maybe was a little bit more pie in the sky, but I thought if, if not that, at least something else, uh, you know, a slot guy or something else that could help contribute. Um, so, yeah, I think that is a position that you're going to have to keep an eye on as the season goes, particularly if they get struck by injury again.
0: Okay, briefly, three more positions. Offensive line, good enough there?
1: Yeah, I think so. I think the offensive line is in a really good spot. Um, you know, they drafted Aaron Banks at the second round, the right guard from Notre Dame. Uh, I was talking to Brian Kelly, his coach uh, from Notre Dame, at, the, at that uh, tournament in Tahoe. Uh, he, he's really high on him, very athletic, big guy. Uh, he's gonna fit in and it should settle that position down. That's a position that I think uh, if they had been better at right guard and center in the Super Bowl a couple of years ago like they might have won that game because I think Chris Jones really took over for Kansas City in the fourth quarter of that game. So I think he should should really give them some uh, solidify that spot. Alex Mack at center, probably not the player that he was in his prime but i think he still has some good football in him so uh, i think they're in a good spot on the offensive line particularly the starting five but i think they also have some good backup options also so i, I think if, if, if they get hit a little bit by injury of course if you lose a trent williams you're in trouble that's true of most teams if you lose your left tackle but uh, i think they do have some pretty good depth behind their starters so i think that's one of the stronger points of the team right now
0: running uh, running
1: back Running back is one of those things that, you know, it's kind of been a thing that has popped up as a need, and they've kept four pretty much every year for the last few years because they've had injury issues. And so, again, kind of like the receiver situation, you like what you have if you're healthy, but the guys have had trouble staying healthy. And, that, you know, Raheem Mostert, uh, they are much, much better as a team, uh, particularly running the ball when Mostert is available. Uh, can he stay on the field? You know, Jeff Wilson Jr., you mentioned it earlier. He's going to miss at least the first part of the season. We'll see when he comes back from that meniscus injury. They'll miss him. Adding Trey Sermon was a big thing for them in the draft. I, I think he's going to play a, a fairly big role. Right away, uh, they also drafted Elijah Mitchell, who I think they view as a guy who could be a, a third down back and do some damage catching passes out of the backfield. So we'll kind of see where he's at. He looks pretty good in the little glimpses we got to see in the spring. But, again, another position that, uh, you know, if they get one or two injuries, they've already had one, uh, they're going to be pretty thin pretty
0: quick. Finally,
1: a cornerback. Yeah, and that cornerback I would I would, I would would say it's very similar to wide receiver uh, mm-hmm. on the defensive side. And just in terms of where they're, where they're at, uh, you know, they've had made some additions in the draft. Ambry Thomas in the third round for Michigan is an intriguing prospect. Uh, Lenore, who I think they were very impressed with, uh, during the spring as a potential slot guy, uh, at-, at corner who they added later in the draft. Those two guys have some promise, but they didn't bring in much else beyond those two. They were able to retain K1, uh, K-1 Williams, their nickel corner. Who's a very good player when healthy. He had some injury issues last year. Jason Verrett had a really, really good year last year, probably would have been the comeback player of the year had it not been for Alex Smith. Uh, but and he resigned, so you feel good about him. But again, you know, last year was the first time he's been healthy in years. Can he keep that up? Uh, Emmanuel Mosley they brought back on the other side, so uh, a pretty solid player. But again, not a lot of depth, certainly not a lot of proven depth. Um, but I think the Niners are hopeful that those guys will get up to speed and that their pass rush will maybe help mitigate some of those things like it was able to in 2019.
0: Read Nick Wagner at ESPN.com. Thank you, and thanks for joining us on Schooled with the Professor.
1: Anytime, John. Always good to be with you.
0: And that does it for this week's podcast. In between episodes, you can follow me on Twitter at Clayton ESPN. If you enjoy these weekly one-on-one conversations, consider leaving a review on iTunes or wherever you're listening to the show. Thanks for listening. See you next time on Schooled with the Professor.